real, raw, true conversation and prayer with God. down into the water and when you do the old person dies you come up out of the water as a new creation of Jesus Christ Hey, welcome to Church Experience. Thank you so much for spending part of your weekend with us. Now is a great time to grab your weeklies and head to your seats if you haven't already because the service starts in 90 seconds. I'm here to tell you today that God wants to set you free. Oh, yeah. He wants to set you free.
presence. Pursue a relationship with Him. Grow in your walk with Him. Get closer to Him. Spend more time with Him because He's better. If you want your life to get better, then get around the one who is better. Get around Jesus. Get around the one who has power to change and transform your life. Get around the one who has the perfect grace for you and the perfect love for you and the perfect joy for your soul. Listen, He is better. Welcome, CE family. We are so glad you're here with us today. I've been looking forward to today. Why is that? Well, today is, wait for it, life group signups. For those of us that don't know what that is, please explain. Okay, well, we all want meaningful, God-centered relationships in our life. And we want people to walk that journey with us. People who can be there with us in the ups and the downs and grow in their faith with us. So true. Well, today we're gonna give you the opportunity to see all of the life groups that are available. You can see what leaders are leading each group and what the focus of each group is. That sounds awesome. How do I find the right group? Great question. So you could look at all of your options at the table with the sign-up sheets at each CE location. Or you could just go ahead and scan the code on the screen and see your options right now. I love that. Can I tell you about a group that I love being a part of? Actually, all three of us love being a part of. <laughs> I already know what you're going to say, Kid Experience. Yes, we get the privilege to lead in Kid Experience each week. And can I just tell you what a blessing it is? As a mom, I understand the importance of knowing your child is in a safe and fun environment, learning about Jesus with people who care. That is so true, Gabby. Just last week, a parent was telling me about how even her young toddlers came home singing the songs and talking about what they've learned about Jesus. We get to be on the front lines watching Jesus transform these young lives. It is amazing, and I love it. If that's something that would interest you, please join our team. Your investment is so valuable as you see how God is moving in kid experience. Yep. Before we dive into the rest of our service, I just wanted to welcome any VIPs, first-time guests. We would love to get to know you. Go ahead and pull out your phone and scan the QR code on the screen so that we can get connected with you. Or you can fill out the response card on the bottom of your weekly and drop it in the offering bucket as it passes by. I know some of you are wanting to get connected by going to first class, getting baptized, or joining a life group. Just scan that code or fill out a response card and we will get a hold of you too. Okay, okay, it's time to jump back into the message. that you shed your blood so I'm gonna live like my shame is gone won't be shackled to the way I was oh I'm gonna live like my chains are gone gone
Belongs to 
Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to pray for all those who are fighting battles, those who have had rough weeks, those who feel like they've taken a step back, Lord. I just pray for those who are fighting, fighting silently, fighting with depression, fighting anxiety, Lord. Lord, your mercies are new every morning. And Lord, we just ask you for your grace and your protection on our minds, on our spirit. And Lord, we just pray that each week, each week we come to you and it gets better. It gets better each and every week, Lord. And we pray this in your name. Amen.
So last month, there was a flight that took off from Dubai headed towards Auckland, New Zealand. They get halfway through this 9,000-mile journey, and the pilot gets the terrible news that the Auckland airport is now closed due to flooding. So he's halfway through this massive journey, and the best course of action is to turn the flight around, right over the ocean. So he turns around as you turn, goes right back to Dubai. Over 13 hours hours after they departed the airport in Dubai, they land at the exact same place that they took off. Can you imagine the frustration of those passengers? 13 hours in the air, thousands of miles flown, and you land at the exact same place that you took off. How disappointing is it to end at the same place you began? Now, some of us can kind of laugh or express disappointment for them about this story. But what's not so funny is when it happens in our own life, where we set out with great aspirations, we have a big vision for the destination we believe God wants us to journey toward, and we feel like we're spinning our wheels, we're stuck, never making forward progress and ending at the same place we started. It's very disappointing, very frustrating, but so many people find that their destination is still way over the horizon and no matter how much fuel they have burned up on life's journey, they never seem to inch their way any closer to where they really need to be. This is why we began this in-game teaching series. We started talking about beginning with the end in mind, knowing not only where we need to go, but God's plan on how to get there is absolutely critical that we have this focus on God's end game as we journey through life. We don't want to waste our weeks. We don't want to squander our months and our years. We don't want to burn up our lifetime without investing it towards making progress on those things that God has really called us to. If you were with us last week, we talked about God's big picture purpose for us. If you missed it, you can catch up online. We talked about God's purposes for us to know his love and to make him known in the world. It's to know him and make him known. That's, that's our big picture purpose as Jesus followers, to know God and make him known. And, and, and that's something that we all share in common. And, and today I'm excited because we're going to dig a little bit deeper into that topic we started a couple weeks ago. And, and we're going to talk today about our specific purpose. What God's purpose for our lives is. Every one of us has a unique purpose, a unique journey, a unique destination that God has for us here in this life. We're going to talk about that today. And, and when you can clarify the end game for your life, I'm telling you, this is an absolute game changer. When you can learn to live with the end in mind, Man, you just save so many miles in life. So many miles that you could wander down back roads and dead-end streets. You can just stay laser-focused on what it is that God has called you toward, and you can move in that direction. Whether it's slow, inch by inch at times, and it will be, or whether you see yourself flying down the highway of life. Either way, when you have that focus, that in-game focus, it's an absolute game changer. Fills your life with purpose and meaning gives you so much joy as you move forward and allows you to have a life of so much more impact and influence for the Lord. So we're going to begin today in Matthew chapter 13. And as some of you open up your Bibles, power on today, uh, let me just say this. You know, every time that we gather together and we get into God's word, we, we do this because God's word is our authority. It's, it's, it's truth. It's, it's his truth. It's ultimate truth. It's how we know the difference between right and wrong. 
It tells us in Psalm 119, verse 105, says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Do you see that verse? God's word is how we know where to step on our journey towards his destination. So beginning with the end in mind, as I look out over the horizon towards God's end game for my life, how do I know what step to take along the way? In other words, as the world around me, as culture is always telling me, hey, this is the right way. This is what's right and this is what's wrong. As they're always pulling me in these different directions, how do I keep from getting off on side roads, tangents, detours, dead end roads? How do I know how to stay on the right path? Well, God's word. It's the light on my path. It's how I know which way to go, right? So, so God has given us a great gift with his word, and that's why every time we gather together, we look at God's word, not at man's word. Now, we can talk about it. We can discuss it. We can preach and teach about it. But at the end of the day, God's word is our authority. And so we're going to look at God's word today, and it's actually Jesus' very own words as he's teaching a story to his followers. It's a very interesting story, and it's, it's ironically, it's about the end. It's about the end game and the end of the age. So let's take a look at Matthew Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 47. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore, and then they sat down and they collected the good fish in baskets, and they threw the bat away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, this is, a, this is a heavy story, right? I mean, Jesus told a lot of stories, but this is one of the heavier ones that can feel like a punch in the gut, right? Because we all want a happy ending. Happily ever after is what we all aspire toward, not only for us, but the people around us. We, we want a happy ending. But the Bible tells us so clearly, Jesus couldn't have been any clearer that there will not be a happy ending for everybody. He says, at the end of the age, come on, help me preach, say end, Right, he said at the end of the age, so there will be an end of the world as we know it, as we see it now, there will be an end. Jesus will come back. That will be the final chapter in this, this part of this, his story. His story, it's all his story. And so he wrote it. He determines when it ends. And so at the end of his story here, there will be an end and he will separate the wicked and the righteous. The righteous who have received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, have received God's forgiveness of sins. Their lives are lived for him. He's their Savior. They will be welcomed into eternity, into paradise with God where there's no more pain, there's no more problems, but just the presence of God, it'll be incredible. Bible tells us no, no eye has seen, no mind can imagine how good it will be. I mean, so we, we, we have little indicators that God gives us in the Bible. It tells us that the streets are made of gold. So in other words, that the best thing in this life that people chase, gold, will be the least thing in the kingdom of God. We'll walk on it. That's how good it's going to be. It's going to be amazing. But it also tells us that not only is there a final destination for people to end in heaven, but there's also an end destination for some that they will end in suffering and pain. We don't fully know all what hell looks like, but we know it's a place you don't want to end up. Right? I mean, it's, it's separation from God, separation from every, every good thing. Right? And it's, it's experiencing the weight of God's wrath poured out on our sins. And, and it's not that the people who are received into heaven were better than the people that ended up in hell. It's not that at all. It's, it's, see, there's, there's one of two people that will pay for your sins. Either Jesus pays for your sins on the cross and you receive his forgiveness, you receive his righteousness, you receive his forgiveness, right, and welcomed into heaven, or you will pay for your sins for all of eternity. One of two people will pay for your sins, Jesus or you. 
And so, so those who are welcomed into heaven, it tells us that that, that group of people is going to be smaller than those who end up in hell. It says that there's the, the narrow road that leads to life. It's the broad road that leads to destruction. It's an easier road. It's the broad road. And it's easier in the short term, but it's harder in the long run. It's like a lot of things in life. You choose the, the hard road that's the short and up front, and you get the long-term benefit and blessing of choosing that narrow road. It's the same thing with eternity. It's, it's hard here on earth to live a righteous life, to honor God, to live for him. Say no to a lot of the things that are around us that, that can pull us off path, but you say yes to life in doing so, and that's eternal. All right, so, so this, this message here, let me get back to this story. Jesus is talking about the end time and how there'll be this separation, and it's, it's a heavy thing. And, and I had a friend that uh, he used to teach kindergartners, and, and, and he was saying, man, it's, it's crazy that at the, the last day of the semester when the report cards are on my desk, he's like, Brandon, you wouldn't believe how good these kindergartners, these little five and six-year-olds, how good they behave on that day because they think that at that point they can influence what's already been written down on their report card. He's like, it's obviously too late. They're not going to change the grade no matter how well behaved they are on that day because the grades are already in. And there will be a day where it's too late to influence the outcome. While you're still living and breathing, you have a chance to influence that outcome. You can say yes to Jesus today if you have it. You can give your life over to him. You can ask for his forgiveness and his grace, and he will forgive you because he's a forgiving God. But if you reject him your whole life, he will not force you to spend eternity with him. Right, so, so while we're still here, we have a chance to influence our final destination, our end game. But there will be a day when it's too late. And how do we know when the end comes? How do we know when Jesus is coming back? <laughs> you know, the other day I was talking to a friend and he just said kind of casually, he's like, hey, Brendan, did you know that, that, that the earth's core has now started rotating the, the opposite direction that it's always rotated? And I was like, no, I, did, I didn't know that. <laughs> so I Googled it later. I was just kind of curious. I was like, really? And, and this is the thing. Like, there's people who theorize that the Earth's core started moving the opposite direction that has always moved. And it's like, what's the outcome of this going to be? And I, I did not go real far down that rabbit hole. I can't explain it to you, but it was enough to make me think, huh, what's going on, right? What's up? Right? And, and you've had those kind of moments in life before too, right, where maybe some big events and headline news, wars, whatever it is, and it's like, is this the end, right? Signs of the ends of the time. And, and people have always theorized throughout history. Is this the end? Are we living in the end times? Is this it? Is Jesus going to come back in our lifetime? And, and there's a couple things that, that we do know about this. One, the first thing we know is that we don't know the exact time. So anytime you hear someone say, it's going to be this year for sure, you can know that they don't know, right? Because the, the Bible says that only the Father knows. You, you can know that they're off if they say, I guarantee you this is it. Like, only the Father knows the time. And he hasn't told us the time on purpose because he always wants us to be ready. If he told you he was way out there, you, you, would, you would just live it up in the world and say, well, I got time. I'll go wait till the end, right? The other thing that we know is that there is an end that will come. Jesus will come back. Like a thief in the night, he will come in a moment, and he'll come when everybody's just carrying on, and they're thinking, we're fine, we're good, we got plenty of time, and he'll just come. He'll just come. When he's ready, he'll come. When the Father says it's time, it's, it's time. And so we, we don't know the time, but we know that there will be an end. And at that end, there will be a separation of the righteous and the wicked. So it's really important for us as we think about our end game. And today, as we get into further talking about what is my specific purpose here in life, we need to be thinking with that end in mind. How do we know if we're on the path of the righteous or the wicked? How, how, do, we, how do we know and discern those things? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, if I could turn over further in the New Testament, uh, verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 6, it gives us a list of what it looks like to be, to be wicked and what, what it looks like to live a wicked lifestyle. It says, or do you not know that the wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, 
nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now there's multiple lists like this throughout the New Testament. Like there's lists of here's all these sins and these sinful lifestyles. And in some ways, the purpose of this is to get all of us to look at those lists and like see something like, yeah, that, that's me. Is to see ourselves in that. Like, oh man, I, yeah, I'd be kind of greedy. Yeah, that's kind of me. And, and, and for you, it might be thieving, drunkard, sexually immoral, idolater, whatever it is, you, you see yourself in that. And you're like, man, I'm, I'm in trouble. <laughs> right, because the, the whole purpose that, that God gave us the law, what's wrong is to expose the sinful nature in us. It says one of the purpose of these lists is this, to see yourself in it. So you, your sin can be exposed. And whatever way you're living opposed to God's ways, you look in there and you say, well, oh, I'm, I'm in trouble. Because it says that I will not inherit the kingdom of God living that way. And then, but then it goes on in verse 11. It says, and that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. It says you don't have to keep living that way. That doesn't have to be your long-term identity. That might be the things that you've done, but you can still live a righteous life. Because righteousness is not based just on what you do with your body. It's based on what Jesus has done with his as he hung on the cross. And as you look to Jesus, your Savior, the one who gave his life for you, you receive his righteousness. As you receive his forgiveness, he becomes your Lord and Savior, you become forgiven. Set free from sin. It doesn't mean you'll be perfect and that you won't still fail. It just simply means that that's no longer your identity. It's not who you are anymore. You're not a sinner. You're saved. Saved by God's grace. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That is the best news that ever hit the planet. That you were once headed for hell. You were living like a hellion here on earth. But because of God's grace, you can live a righteous life headed towards heaven. That, that, is, that is a big picture thing we have to understand about the end game. All right, so let, let's zoom in. So, so in, in understanding this, this big picture end in mind, many things about our life, we ask, what's my purpose here on earth? In light of all of that conversation, that heavy, I understand we start off in a heavy theological deep end of the pool, but in light of all of that, many of the things that I might live my life for, in other words, become irrelevant, right? I mean, there's, there's a lot of things I could live my life for and give my life to, my one life here on earth, that become irrelevant. And God's priorities become much more urgent and much more critical when I view them with the end in mind. When I view them with heaven and hell contrasted, the righteous and the unrighteous, this important eternal decision that every person has to make here on earth, it just clarifies my response to so many things in this world. When I see people partying it up, living like there's no tomorrow, or just cruising along in comfort, like eternity is not even a thing, like when I see these things, when I'm tempted to go in these directions, right, living with the end in mind clarifies my path for today. You see where I'm headed with this? We're going to get real practical. We're going to get real specific on our calling. But if we don't start with this big picture vision, the theology behind why I would follow a calling, you can get wrapped up in all kinds of pursuits and waste your one life here on earth. You can waste it chasing things that are trivial that won't matter in eternity. When you get to God's end, it won't matter what you, what you did in, in this area or that area because it becomes very irrelevant. So, so here's the point. Visualizing the end clarifies what matters today. Write that down. Visualizing the end clarifies what matters today. So, so when I can live with that end in mind, eternal destination, before God's throne, being accountable for how I live my life, it really clarifies what matters today. And before that conversation, maybe, maybe you live and you're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to be really successful. I'm going to be known. I'm going to be somebody. I'm just going to be really happy. I'm going to live a comfortable life. I'm going to live a good life. I'm going to travel everywhere. Look, a lot of those things, there's nothing wrong with them by themselves. 
But for some people, they're chasing those things as if they were an end of themselves. To retire and live a good life in the golden years, and that's the end. That's what they're living for, just get enough money in the bank so I can live a comfortable life. And that, that end is incredibly disappointing when you're humbled before God Almighty, your creator, with all of eternity at stake. It's like, that's what you live for, really? People are headed to heaven or hell, and you could have influenced the outcome. You could have lived a life of significance, not just success. That's really what you want to live for? That's such a small vision. See, God's got such bigger vision for your life than you do. And some of us live for such small ends because we can't see the bigger picture. So that's why we have to start big. But let's, let's, let's talk about the, the specifics here because it's, it's really important that we live with the end in mind. When we don't live with God's specific purpose for us, when we don't know our why, why we exist, why we're here, what God has for us, Man, there's so many things that can happen. We, we have increased distractions, increased frustrations. You ever live with distraction and frustration? Yeah, we, we've all experienced that. You know, distracted, chasing the things of this world and frustrated that not living in our purpose. I've talked to so many people. Man, I just, I just don't think I'm living my, my best life, that I, that I really should be living for God. I, I just don't feel like I'm, I'm on mission. I'm on purpose. Another thing that can happen is we can get stuck in sin, we could just feel stuck in general. <laughs> like that air, airplane flight from Dubai to Auckland we talked about at the beginning. You burn up a lot of fuel and you never get to the destination, right? We can lack joy. We can lack joy and a sense of meaning in our life, that our life is really making a, a significant difference. There's a lot of things that can go wrong when we don't live on purpose. You know, this, this last summer I took my kids up to the Chattahoochee River in, in North Georgia mountains. We're up there going to see family, and on our way back, we stopped and did some tubing there in the the Chattahoochee River. They call it shooting the hooch. (laughs) That's a pretty cool thing. We got on this bus with these these inner tubes, and they dropped us off upriver, and we get in the cold water together, all six of us, and we're floating down the river. In some parts where there's rapids, it was a lot of fun. Uh, going down pretty fast through these rapids around the rocks and all that. We loved it. Great time. And, and one spot we were going down through the rapids and there was a tree up ahead and we go down the rapids and, and we look up above us and there's a snake just, just chilling up in this tree like right above our heads. <laughs> it's like, whoa. And the kids are like, hey, can we do those rapids again? And I'm like, sure, let's go. And mom's like, no, go ahead. I'm just going to hang out over here. And so we're going down like having so much fun. And they're like, woo, what's up with the snake? A great time. Some of the, the places along this river, you're going real fast because of these rapids. But, but there's some spots that you get to, and when there, there hasn't been rain, like there had been a lot of rain uh, before we went, uh, there, the river is, is, is very, uh, the depth is very minimal. And so you get over these rocks, and your tube starts to bottom out in the bottom of this river. And at some point, you have to get up and pick up your inner tube, and you have to walk a little distance. Or you have to maneuver over into this narrow area where the, the current's still flowing. And you start to bottom out because there's not enough water, there's not enough liquid to keep you moving over this, the friction of these rocks. And when you are living on purpose, man, it's like being in a river that has it's just rained and, and you got momentum and you're cruising down. But when you lack your purpose, when you don't know your why, you get up in the morning and just everything just feels hard. Everything feels slow. You feel stuck. It's like being in that river with no water. It's like you're just picking up, you're carrying that inner tube. You're like, man, I'm making no progress. And every inch I have to fight for it. It's just slow and you feel stuck like you bottomed out. But man, when the, when the Spirit of God just breathes that purpose onto your life and you just, you wake up and you know why you're here. You know what matters. You're living for the Lord. Man, it's just like you're in the current of the Lord. I mean, you have that momentum. Doesn't mean it's easy and you don't face rapids and challenges, but then that motivation is there. And some of us lack motivation because we don't, we're not looking far enough into the end. 
we're very short-sighted. And we're just thinking about these, these next few months or these next few years or retirement. We're just, we're just thinking about this next season of this life instead of eternal life. But when you look over the horizon and you see God's big picture, how good it is, how amazing it is, how much he wants to use you here, man, you find the motivation. You wake up ready to go and you're like, God, what, what mission do you have for me today? How are you going to use me to influence this world for your kingdom? to help your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, God, let's go. I'm, I'm ready. Use me. Lord, I'm available. It just changes your whole mindset when you approach your purpose. So how do I find my specific purpose? I mean, Brendan, this is all great. I mean, I, I get it. Like, God's got a big picture of purpose for us. You know, live for him. The stakes are high. They're eternal. But how do I know how I can actually play the game for God? How do I know where I can get involved and make a difference? What's my purpose? I'm not going to put all these on the screen here, but so you might just jot them in the margins of your notes, but there's, there's certainly a lot of different things that you can do to, to discern what your calling is. And some of you, you'll get it pretty quick. Some of you might take some time. Some of you might know what it is today. But here, let me just give you a few things. Maybe you're coaching somebody, maybe a, a son or a daughter, maybe a friend that asks you, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what God's will is for my life. Here, here's a few things. Number one is pray and search God's word. Let me just jot that down, tap it into your phone. Like, pray and search, and, and search God's word. Like we talked about, that, his word is, is a lamp for our path. It's a light for our feet. And so we, we want to search God's word to make sure that our, our vision, our why is lined up with his word. And we want to pray and say, God, show me. And that's the amazing thing is when you ask God, he will give you the wisdom you need. In James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. God will give you wisdom when you, when you ask. Also, we want to consider our passions and our gifts and our strengths. You look at your life and you say, you know, what makes me really come alive? What do I feel strong when I'm doing it? What, what, what do I get excited about? What lights me up and lights my fire? It's, it's something to consider. It's a part of the puzzle. So we, we, we pray and we get God's wisdom. We look at his word. We, we analyze our, our passions and our strengths, which might involve you asking a friend, hey, what do, you, what do you think I'm good at? We also review our experiences and our opportunities. God's been leading you down the path of life so far, and he's probably set you up, you know, on, on purpose. And a lot of the, the paths that you've taken, you know, he, he's led you where you are. And so some of your experiences, you know, it's like breadcrumbs along the trail. It's like, okay, so God's given me this experience and these, these connections and these skills. So you kind of take all that into consideration. And another thing you can do is ask advisors. Get a coach, Christian counselor, mentor, pastor, friend, parent. Get somebody to come alongside you and say, hey, this, this is... What I've been thinking about, here's, here's some of the things in my life. What do you think? You, you know me well. What do you think? I, I love this verse in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. God's word says, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. The wise listen to advice. They, they pump the brakes and they say, hey, what do you think? They give feedback. They allow others to speak into their life. Do you have anybody speaking into your life? We've been talking about life groups. I, I so encouraged this last week. We had... Uh, Tons of groups in our, our lobby on these tables spread out and all these group leaders and there was a buzz after the services. People were signing up for groups. So exciting. You need to be in a group. You need to be around other Christian believers in person, hanging out, spending time together so that you can have people to talk through your why, to talk through your purpose, to pray for you as you pursue God's purpose for you. But something that I learned from a mentor years ago, and some of us, we might go through this process and, and still not know where we're going. Here's something I learned from a mentor a long time ago. Until God gives you a new assignment, you follow through on the last one. Right, until God gives you a new assignment, you follow through on the last one. You just keep going. Until he gives you a new lead, you follow the old one. And God knows how to find you. You ever play hide and seek when you're a little kid? Remember that? You, you go around the neighborhood and everybody's hiding in different places. 
And, and you, you maybe were really good at it, right? You, you went and you found a really amazing hiding spot. It was behind and over and under, and you just, you're, you're hidden away. They're never going to find you. And, and that's the problem because the game went on for a long time, and, and nobody ever found you. And you're like, did I win? <laughs> like, you kind of want to let them know, hey, I'm still here, but you can't because if the game's not over, then you're going to lose. And so you kind of just keep hiding. But finally, you come out because you're like, I, I don't know, maybe they're done. They're all inside. You come out, sure enough, they're already, they moved on. They're <laughs> like, we, we gave up. We can't find them. <laughs> right? And so some of us have this fear that, you know, we're, we're suffering in obscurity. We're serving the Lord. We're trying to give our best. And, and, and well, God's not seeing me. Here's the thing. God sees everything. God knows how to find the faithful. You just be faithful. You, you might feel like you're in obscurity and you're giving your best. You're trying your all. You're not sure anyone acknowledges it, is aware of it. You don't know if God's forgotten about you. Listen, God will not forget you. He knows how to find you. He knows how to reposition his kids to the place of maximum impact. If you'll, if you'll give your life to him and apply your all to whatever he has in front of you, whatever he's put in your hands to do right now, if you'll give your best to that, I'm telling you, God knows how to use you and maximize your gifts. Maybe way different than you even imagined, but you just got to stay open and keep your eyes open. When your heart is committed to him, God knows how to find the faithful. James Clear says, it does you no good to build a bridge halfway across a river. It's no, no good to build a bridge halfway across a river. It does you no good. It's a lot, of wasted, a lot of wasted fuel, a lot of wasted activity, right? Because if you only make it halfway to your destination and you turn around, you, you never arrive. And so beginning with the end in mind is, is a commitment to I'm going to finish what I start. And some of us are not good at being finishers. And so we're always looking for God's will because he kind of gave us a direction and we went down and it got hard and so we quit. And so we went back to square one. Well, God, what do you want to do with my life? And he's like, well, I gave you a mission, but you didn't finish it. So, all right, let's give you a new mission. God's good. He's, his mercies are new every morning. But just be aware of always restarting, always trying to find a new purpose. I'll always wander around like, God, what do you want me to do? And God's like, hey, I've given you so much work right in front of you. You just got to apply yourself. Apply yourself. Commit and complete. Be a finisher. Whatever God's given you to do. The plumeria tree is a, a tree, I, I have one planted next to our driveway at our house, and it's one of these trees that has beautiful flowers in it at certain times of the year, and they smell very fragrant, it's a sweet smell, it's an amazing smell, beautiful flowers. It's actually one of the flowers that they make Hawaiian leis out of. If you go to Hawaii, like Jennifer and I did for our honeymoon, they'll place a Hawaiian lei around your neck, and, and it's just a beautiful, sweet-smelling flower. And these plumeria trees, when, when you look at them in the winter, they're the ugliest thing you've ever seen. I mean, there's no leaves, there's no flowers, it's just twigs sticking up out of the ground. I mean, it's just, it does not look like a flowering and beautiful tree. But come the time of year for these flowers to bloom, I mean, they are some of the most beautiful flowers you've ever seen. And, and I, no matter how busy I get, I love that this is planted right next to my driveway because sometimes I'm just in a hurry. I've got places to go and I'm feeling the weight of everything. I, just, I force myself to go there and I just, I just take a little smell of these sweet smelling flowers when they're in bloom. I'm like, oh man, that smells amazing. I just take a quick look at it. The stop and smell the flowers kind of thing. It's like, I don't ever want to be too busy to enjoy God's creation. And, and you know, those, those trees... In, in the wintertime, if you were to look at them, my, my wife is always like, you know, when they're not in bloom, she's like, can we just get rid of this thing? <laughs> like, this is not a good-looking plant. I'm like, babe, it's, just, it's worth it for when they're in bloom. But when you look at these things in the wintertime, you would never think that there's anything going on. You think, man, did this thing die? Like, should we get rid of it? Is this a bunch of twigs? But, man, when it, when it blossoms, it's so fragrant. It's so beautiful. And some of us are looking at our life, like, when it's in a winter season, and we're saying, I don't know if God's really at work here. 
I, I don't know, maybe I should just give up. Maybe there's not much happening. Maybe you've made some mistakes or maybe you've had some setbacks in your life and you look around and you're like, man, I don't know if really God can use this. I don't know if it's worth it. Should I even keep going? I'm just telling you, it, it's possible that you're in a winter season, but if you'll keep your eyes on the end game, keep your eyes on Jesus, no matter what season you're going through and how dark it is, I'm telling you, the light wins over the darkness every time. And God can use you. God can restore you, rebuild your life, forgive you, no matter how many failures, no matter how many struggles you're going through. I'm just telling you, if you keep your eyes on Jesus, he'll get you through this valley. Just just keep looking to him. Just keep being faithful. Just keep following him and God will get you through. He will create beauty in its own time. That sweet smelling fragrance of your life will rise to him and worship if you will stay faithful. I love Luke chapter nine, verse 51. You know, Jesus had a hard road. He was about to go to the cross and it says that in, in Luke chapter nine, verse 51, at, the, at that time, uh, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. I love that. It says he resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And, and that, that word resolute, I mean, he was focused, was tenacious, committed. He was resolute. And I just wonder as we look at our lives, are we resolute when the road gets hard? When we start pursuing our why, we start to discover, okay, this is, this is my why, and we start working towards that. And it gets challenging, and there's setbacks. It doesn't come as fast as we want. And some of us, you know, we get discouraged. We're tempted to give up. Paul Graham said, I'm going to put this quote on the screen for you. He said, one sign that determination matters more than talent, there are lots of talented people who never achieve anything, but not that many determined people who don't. What he's saying is a lot of people have talent and opportunities that they squander. But you don't find too many people who are determined and tenacious and committed that don't do something with their life. So you gotta get that fire. You gotta get that fire inside you, that drive inside you. And sometimes you might aim it the wrong direction and God can redirect you, it's okay. But I'd, I'd rather have that fire, right? I'd rather have that fire and be moving down the direction. Even sometimes it gets a little off. I'd, I'd rather have that fire inside and be moving with that drive, Right, and keeping that, that drive alive through staying focused on Jesus. And how do you do that? Man, you always keep your eye on the why, the why I'm here, the who, who Jesus is, who I am in Christ. You know, and, and the more you understand who you are as God's kid, as eternal king, you're his kid, you're his child. You understand who you are and the mission he has for you, it's gonna change how you pursue your passions. And, and here's how I put it in a sentence. Passion flows from whose I am and who I am. It comes from whose I am, so I understand I'm God's kid. I understand where I'm going in the end. That's where I get my passion. And also it comes because I know who I am. I've been forgiven. I'm a child of the king. I have a purpose. I've been forgiven. Right? I, I know who I am. I know my identity in Christ, and I know whose I am. Jesus is my motivation. He's my motivation, and he's my model. He set the example for me. He was resolute as he pursued his purpose. There's one more passage of scripture I want to read today that I think would be really helpful on this conversation as we talk about our purpose. It comes from Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Did you see that? It says, be very careful how you live, not as unwise, not as unwise, making the most of every opportunity. In other, in other words, don't waste your life. Don't get distracted and, and waste your life and waste your time because there's so many things in life you could fill up your time with. Very few of them are important in the end. So keep the end game in mind. And God has entrusted you with this amazing gift of life, so don't waste it. 
He's given you gifts and talents and passions that can be used to build his kingdom, to impact lives, to do something that really matters for Jesus and for eternity. So don't waste it. You know, our family, we're a board game playing family. We love to play games. We always got a new game in the family. And in fact, in the summertime when the kids are out of school, we, we try to have a meal together every day and play a board game. And we let one of the different four kids pick a game every day and they can kind of pick which game they want to play. And so we'll sit down. Sometimes we're learning a new game or playing an old one. And, you know, I, I don't know, maybe you have some, some games around your house. This is the classic, you know, chess board or checkers. Maybe you got a Monopoly game or a Risk game, one of these kind of classics. My kids are into Monopoly right now, and they'll, they'll get me playing Monopoly. And, and, and I, I think they figured something out. Like, they'll start a game in the evening with me, and it'll be going, and I'll realize it's bedtime. But it's like, we've been playing. We've already put an hour into this game. And so it's like, Dad, we can't quit. we got to finish. And I think I've realized they got into this game as a form of staying up past bedtime, right? It's like, you see how long we can stretch this out. Should be a warning label on some games. Like, this is going to take you past bedtime, just so you know. But, but maybe you have some of these in your closet. Maybe you have some of these classic games at, at home somewhere. Yeah, m- most people do. But the reality is a lot of people, they leave them sitting there for a long time, and they never use them. They never take them out of the box. And it's really worthless to own a game if you never take it out of the box and play it. Right? And some of us have gifts that God has given us to use for his purposes. He's given you time. He's given you abilities. He's given you resources and connections. But we are not using those for him. And it's almost worthless to have them when we don't deploy them and don't use them. And God is saying today to some of us, hey, I have a purpose for you. And maybe some of us are so worried about what that specific purpose is that we're not doing anything and our gifts are sitting on the shelf. Listen, find a way. Find someone to serve this week. Find something you can step into and say yes, God, to. And, and, and maybe you'll get it wrong. Maybe you'll serve this person and you should have served that person, but serving somebody is better than serving nobody or serving yourself, right? So, so let's step into the game this week. Let's use our gifts. Let's use our time. Let's use our resources and say, God, how do you want to use me? I want to get out of the playing field of the kingdom of God. I want my life to matter. I want to learn and grow and get better at my giftedness. I want to get coaching and feedback and experiment, take some risks, be patient when it's hard and stay faithful, focus on my priorities, be fully present in every moment with every person. See, I want to maximize every moment. That's my point. I want to maximize every moment for God. And here's how I put it in this point. I invest my limited time for maximum kingdom impact. You see that? I invest my limited time, my one life, for maximum kingdom impact. Are you living that way? Can you imagine if we all live that way, our lives for his purpose? Can you imagine how powerful that would be? How different heaven would be? How many lives would be changed as we pursued God's kingdom come here on this earth? His will be done here as it is in heaven. I mean, things would be different. They would be different for you and how you lived and your motivation. The lives around you would be different. God could use us in ways beyond what we can imagine if we could just wake up every day with the end game in mind. Before we close in prayer, I was thinking back to how we had this amazing trip. I told you about it uh, last year where our family got to go out to California. We had saved up and prayed up for years, wanted to take our children to see where Jen and I got married and engaged where she grew up and never taken them out there before. So we finally were able to do it. We, we got them all on an airplane, headed to California. And before the trip, my, my son, Kyle, I'm a 13-year-old, he said, hey, Dad, he's like, should I take my autograph book? You know, Hollywood's out there. Maybe I'll run into some famous people. He's big into collecting signatures. I'm like, man, I don't think you're going to run into anybody, but hey, why not? <laughs> right? And so he packs it up. We're, we're literally in the airport. We're not even to California yet. He spots a guy taller than everybody else. He's like, I think that guy's a basketball player. He goes over to him, starts up a conversation. Sure enough, this guy's an NBA basketball player. Pulls one of his own basketball cards out of his briefcase, signs it, and gives it to my son. I'm blown away. I'm like, in the airport. This happens to him twice. Meets, literally meets two NBA basketball players. Head and shoulders above everybody else. Sees him, goes up to him. 
gets an autograph. I'm blown away. He meets a band on a beach out in California at rehearsal, gets all their autographs, right? He runs into this guy that was on his way to the NFL. He was a top college player, had an injury, gets his autograph. I'm blown away. I'm like, son, how did this happen? I've been to all these places so many times and never met these kind of famous people that you met as a 13-year-old. You know what the secret was? He was focused on it. He was tenacious. He, He had the end game in mind. And because he knew what he was after, he was looking for it, he found it. And some of us are looking in all of the wrong places for all of the wrong reasons. But if you could realign your vision and focus on Jesus and his purpose for your life, focus on his end game and what's really going to matter in eternity, not just here on this earth, I'm telling you things will be different. You'll start to see it. You'll start to see it in other people around you that you live next to and work with. You'll start to see it all around you. Opportunities to serve opportunities to make a difference for the Lord. If you will just open your eyes to God's purpose, I'm telling you, your life will be so much different. It'll be so much more fulfilling and fill of joy. Get rid of those feelings of feeling stuck and demotivated and frustrated. You'll find a new sense of purpose, but you only find it when you look to God's end game. Right on? Come on, let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for giving us purpose in this life. It's one of your greatest gifts to us. That we're not here just to survive, but God, we're here for a mission that matters. And God, I pray for the person who's hearing this message today, and they've, they've been struggling, they've been frustrated because they don't know why they're here. They're drifting through life, and they've tried so many different things, and they've never found that thing to light them up truly in a sustainable way. God, may they find it in you today, Jesus. May they look to you and look to your word. God, you tell us your word lights the path for our feet. So God, I just pray that you'd help them to find a, and rediscover the sense of true meaning and purpose for their life, that their life can really count. It can really make a difference in the lives of others for eternity, that God, ultimately their life can be this, this sweet fragrance for you. Even if they're in a winter season right now and they don't see it, God, help them see today the beauty that you can grow out of their life if they'll just stay faithful, if they'll just stay planted in your word. God, if they'll stay watered by your spirit and, and walk with you on a daily basis, God, just open their eyes to all that you can do. And God, my my prayer today for all of us is the prayer from Acts chapter 13, verse 36. It says, now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. God, we don't know when our end will be here on this earth. But for how many days and how many years and how many decades you give us, we want to faithfully serve you and fulfill like David, fulfill your purpose in our generation. So God, use us in a way beyond what we can ask or imagine. We make ourselves available. We're imperfect people. We have so many areas to grow. And God, we're we're never gonna arrive at perfection here on earth, but God, we just rest in your perfect love for us and your grace. It's so amazing. And God, we just focus our eyes on you. May you lead us and guide us into our purpose this week and throughout the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Before our usher team comes forward to receive our tithes and offerings and response cards, here's a few important things happening with our CE family. If you're hungry for God to do more in your life and want to learn how to get more connected with CE, this is your next step. First Class is an opportunity for you to learn more about our history, beliefs, mission, vision, and how you can benefit from getting more involved to let us know that you're interested in attending next class on Sunday, February 19th, write first class on your response card. Life groups are a great way to make new friends, to grow in community, and encourage one another. Now is the perfect time to join a group 
and get connected into a community. Check out the updated list of available life groups on the Church Experience website. Click on your campus from the main page of the website, then click on Life Groups for more ways to get connected. Life is so much better together. As our ushers come forward to collect our response cards and receive our tithes and offerings, when we give generously and sacrificially, it's not because God needs anything, but because we want to show our love for Him. Giving is an expression of obedience, but also of gratitude, trust, and increasing joy. When we honor God with our gifts, we acknowledge that He has everything we need and has promised to take care of us. Would you prayerfully consider honoring God with your finances through giving of your tithes and offerings? Every gift will make a big difference in our church family and allow more lives to be changed in Jesus' name. Thank you for being on mission with us to help more people experience a full life in Jesus Christ.
loved being a part of today's impacting service. You may have personally made a commitment during the service, so please reach out to us if you did. Also, if you have any questions, comments, prayer requests, go to churchexperience.tv connect or scan the QR code on the screen. I personally love to stay connected by staying up to date on the CE social media, our Instagram, Facebook, website, or our app. It's been great to share another special service with our CE family. I look forward to seeing you again next week. Have a great week. Hey, don't forget to sign up for life groups today. You'll never regret putting the right relationships around you. Have a great Sunday.